MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, November 12th, 2019. Today, Lev Parnas says he delivered the extortion message to Ukraine. A White Helmets backer is found dead. A judge rules on Trump's state tax returns. Trump's in New York City. Boris Johnson's Russian donors. Vindman is dismissed. Gates sentencing. And Kupperman and House Dems oppose Mulvaney's request to ride their coattails. I'm your host, AG, and with me today is Amanda Reeder. Hello there. Hello. Jordan is taking the day off, taking a resty day. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yes, that is very good. I'm planning some resty days coming up here pretty soon. Um, We will still, the pod will go on. We're going to have a lot of patrons who will be very happy about that. I know. Hey, AG, take a day off. They keep telling me, keep yelling at me. Um, Not yelling at me, you know, but being concerned patrons. So I I promise I am going to take some time off. I, I know I haven't done that. In a really long time. I'm what, here, you know, I'm recording uh, on my phone in airplane bathrooms. That's how. Dedication. I, I guess, or just, I mean, you know, because a lot insanity. of. insanity. Yeah, that's what it is. Or actually sanity. Because a lot of our patrons say that, like, we help them stay sane and we help them t- stay connected. It's like a good friend is reading the news to you. And uh, and, and why I totally appreciate that. But at the same time, you, me doing this is also what you get out of it. So you off, you guys who listen offer me the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I really appreciate that. So that's why I, I always am, am doing it. And so it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting exercise to like let it go for a minute. It's therapeutic for you to do it. But at the same time, it's responsible to take breaks. It is. It is. Self-care. It is because uh, it's becoming... Uh, it's becoming untenable. So (laughs) I need to take a little bit of a break. Very important. Uh, And then I'll be refreshed, ready to go Mm -hmm. right after the impeachment, gearing up for 2020. Mm -hmm. So it should be great. Uh, So let's see. Today we do have a lot of news. Um, Some really crazy news. It's actually a really pretty insane news day. I always imagine like Maddo like running around like a chicken with her head cut off every time a news story breaks and it has to be incorporated into her show. But I know she has a really awesome staff that that uh, helps her do that and prepare the show for her. And so do we. So, yeah, yeah, she I don't know when she sleeps. I don't know when either of you sleep. I don't. It's an impressive lady. Sometimes at night. Sometimes. When it's dark. <laughs> it's daylight savings time thing. When the news has gone to sleep, you can sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. And so the news doesn't sleep much these days. So it's a good thing you're not on the East we. Coast. You'd never sleep. Oh my gosh, you're right. If you were on the East Coast, you'd be like, I can't go to sleep. There's more news. I can't go to sleep. You're right. It would be yeah. like midnight stuff comes out. I think it's actually a blessing in disguise. You live on the West Coast because when, when shit's over on the East Coast, you're like, okay, I, I can rest now. <laughs> I have a break. <laughs> All right. Well, we do have a lot of news to get to. So let's do it. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. Let's do an impeachment update. I had a quick impeachment update, but that's not possible these days. Uh, it's an impeachment update. So both the House Democrats and Kupperman's lawyer 
have filed responses to the White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney's request to be added to Kupperman's lawsuit, seeking guidance on how to respond to a now-withdrawn congressional subpoena for Kupperman. And both the House and Kupperman filed responses opposing the request by Mulvaney. The House Democrats say Kupperman's case is moot because they withdrew the subpoena for Kupperman. And Kupperman's lawyer says, says Mulvaney has no claim to immunity because he waived it when he told the world in a press conference there was a quid pro quo, among other things. So he being, by speaking publicly, um, Cooper, who is Kupperman's attorney, is saying that Mulvaney waived his right to absolute immunity, which doesn't even exist in the first place. But if it were, we don't need to even go into the court case for it because he spoke publicly, thereby waiving that right if, mm-hmm. it, if it exists, which it does not. The judge has yet to rule uh, on this, on whether Mulvaney can join the lawsuit. But this just in, Mulvaney has filed a response to the responses to the response in the federal court saying he's no longer going to try to insert himself into the Kupperman case, but will instead file his own lawsuit against the Trump administration, seeking guidance from a federal judge as to whether or not he can testify. The White House has released a statement saying this is a non-adversarial lawsuit and Trump and Mick are still BFFs. But Mulvaney likely is feeling very worried about yeah, becoming like a, trying to protect his ass becoming a fall guy here so i don't understand why he doesn't just speak to schiff maybe ask for immunity and and tell the truth uh going to court is totally unnecessary and a ruling would offer them no protection if they broke the law uh he could easily testify and uh you know that he he could testify that he was just doing trump's bidding uh, and be treated much better than obstructing and being all fucking weird like he is. Same with Bolton and Kupperman. Mm-hmm. But something that's interesting here is a lot of these news outlets are saying he, you know, he's he he's worried that he could be the fall guy. But there's really no such thing as a fall guy in this case because Trump is the fall guy. Trump released the transcript. The yeah. transcript proved that he bribed and extorted the president of Ukraine. And so I don't even understand how it would be possible for anyone else to take the fall for this. Well, especially in the case of Mulvaney. You know, I mean, I know he went out and defended him, but in terms of how this all went down over the last few months, as far as I know, Mick Mulvaney is not implicated directly in any of this other than protecting him and standing up for him. Well, he did actually offer make the offers, according to Vinman and Hill, Okay, uh, that the meetings were contingent on. OK, so that was him. Yeah. OK, so many names. Sometimes I lose track. But Mulvaney was supposedly and and seemingly directed by the president to do so and only Mulvaney can say whether or not he was because all everyone else who's testified has said yeah there was a quid pro quo it was improper Mm -hmm. aid was withheld that's illegal Mm -hmm. um and we all raised concerns Mm -hmm. but nobody is going to be able to testify to the direct you know ask Mm -hmm. from uh Trump to Mulvaney or Trump to Giuliani or both except for Mulvaney and Giuliani and maybe Bolton Mm -hmm. Uh, but that, but the thing is, and this is what Democrats are saying: we don't care, and we don't need it because Trump said it and released it, released his own transcript, yeah, and, totally. and and Mulvaney said, yeah, mm-hmm. he did this on live television. So, and and Trump himself on live television asked for for the investigation into the Bidens, and then asked China for the investigation into the Bidens. Yeah, it's all out there. So we don't need Mulvaney to tell us it was Trump's idea. The only possible defense here is that Mulvaney and Giuliani cooked all this up and forced the president to do it, which is what Trump is now saying. They made me do it, except he's not saying Mulvaney and Giuliani made him do it. He's saying the media made him do it. So... It, it's That's just, an interesting angle to take. I had to process that for a second. Well, the media made him obstruct... Not the media extort. Him extract. Okay. Abstract, not extort. But I mean, so 
that's the only thing I could think of is if if Mulvaney and Giuliani were to say, yeah, we cooked all this up. The president had nothing to do with it. And we forced him to say that to Zelensky on the call so that we could get. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's wild right now. I, also, like I, I was hearing on the way over on um, NPR on point, someone was saying the challenge for Republicans right now is that it's not just good enough to like quietly support the president. It's not or it's not just good enough to keep silent. Like he's demanding that Republicans go out and say the call was perfect. Well, yeah. And he he asked nothing sort of that is loyal enough. He asked Barr to do that. Mm -hmm. Barr refused. He asked, uh, well, and we know that I mean, this is just a common mm-hmm. thing that he does. Is yeah. he, you, because when I think it was Sunderland told it was either Yovanovitch or Hill. I think it was Yovanovitch. No, I think it was Hill that in order to save. Nope. Yovanovitch. In order to save your job, you have to go big or go home. Tweet yeah. nice stuff about the yeah, president. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't just work quietly with your head down. It's just such bullying. When it comes to Mulvaney, I'm curious, what specifically do you think is the reason he's filing this cordial lawsuit this friendly lawsuit what's the do what are you like what are your beans on that in terms of the specifics that he's trying to angle for legally i honestly think he's just trying to protect himself and i'm not sure from what exactly Mm -hmm. uh unless it's a double cya because here's normally what happens is is you'll say hey mulvaney we need you to testify and Mm -hmm. mulvaney will be like i'm not comfortable with that because the white house told me not to testify and they go okay well you know, we we really want you to testify voluntarily, and Mulvaney will say, "Tell you what, send me a subpoena, and then I'll I'll show up." And and this happened with Mazars yeah. when uh, you know we we uh, tried to get their Trump's financial information from them. They were like, "We're happy to hand it over, but we need a subpoena to to provide us legal cover, so that from Trump's lawsuits. Trump can't sue us, etc." And Trump is really litigious, right? So maybe Mulvaney thinks Trump might sue him for violating a non-disparagement or a non-disclosure agreement or or for uh, testifying outside of absolute immunity or something like that. Uh, that's all I can think of other than maybe as just a delay tactic on behalf of the administration. Yeah, either or. I mean, it could be a means of protecting himself if he does choose to give a testimony to the Democrats. Because Trump wants this thing to go past Christmas or not necessarily Christmas, but he wants it to go on long enough to allow Barr time to release his report about his investigation into the oranges of the Russia investigation and mm-hmm. the Mueller probe. Yeah. Uh, he wants to give him time. I think, here's what I honestly think. I don't think Barr has anything. He, you know, because um, uh, Berman and Horowitz, the, you know, the De- uh, Department of Justice Inspector General, and uh, this guy who, or Durham, Dur- Burham, Burnham, Durham, the fucking guy who, who Barr appointed uh, to to look into the origins of the investigation, the Mueller investigation or the Russia investigation with the intelligence community. Uh, he's he's trying to get them, you know, to sort of uh, flip on that. And I think he's got nothing because, like I said, Horowitz interviewed Chris Steele mm-hmm. um, and, and said he was credible. And what he had to say was really kind of very sort of out interesting you know oh hmm what he had to say uh and then of course Barr went to italy and he's like hey tell me about mifsud tell me he's working for you so that because then he's an asset and he, you know they trapped that whole papadopoulos thing was a frame-up job yeah and italy's like 
no, nah, bro, he doesn't work for us, and no, and no. And so, and then he goes to Australia, and mm-hmm. Australia's like, no, nah, bro, no, that really happened. Uh, Papadopoulos said that to Downer, and Mifsud, Italy says, is not working for Italian intelligence via the FBI in the United States or the CIA. And then he goes to the UK, and the UK's like, what? No. With our attorney general is going on a world tour to discredit our own intelligence agencies. Yeah. And so, and so the UK's like, no, that really happened, and Russia attacked us. I think they're honestly trying to buy time so that maybe Barr can either find or fabricate anything <laughs> like to release cheap- because they've been touting the release of oh. this, uh, not just the you know investigation report into the investigations from in the Department of Justice into the origins of the investigation, but the uh, the Inspector General report mm-hmm. on uh, the origins of the Russia investigation, and that was due out a while ago and it's still being held up and I and, and like the McCabe thing you know remember mm-hmm. when Barr was like oh we're gonna need some more time to yeah. see about indicting McCabe they can't find anything and no. they aren't able to get past the judicial protection that you know that the third branch of government offers us and so I think he's just trying to stall for time to see if he can fabricate or make up or dig something up or find anything that yeah. they can use because when this report comes out it's gonna be Womp womp. It's gonna yeah. be like the Nunes memo. Totally. I a bar reminds me of like a like a shitty magician at a children's birthday party where he's like, just I'm gonna distract you until the grand finale happens. Like huh, not up my sleeve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he's just like desperately digging around in that box for another trick to distract people with. But sorry, I feel bad, magicians. <laughs> <laughs> um no, but seriously, I mean I we we've talked about this a few times, but I think sometimes it's like it's so you're right. It is helpful to this podcast. It bears repeating the things that are so abnormal. It bears repeating over and over that it's insane that your attorney general is flying around the world to discredit your own intelligence agencies. I mean, this is completely unprecedented. Yeah, it, I, it just yeah. and he can't. He's he's yeah. come up empty handed. It's all. You're right, and, and I think it's. I think it's. It, it it totally makes sense that this is all completely a means of distraction and distortion because they don't have anything he's just buying time he's buying time that's so sad uh and 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 there's been a lot of things that haven't been released the the fbi new york field office inspector Mm -hmm. general report was due out a year ago uh we got the one on comey we got the one on comey and struck and page and and those turned out to be fine that they found that they're that if they had any bias or there was uh, there were instances that they displayed bias political bias it had zero impact on their work Mm -hmm. they couldn't find a way to criminally charge comey he didn't break the law um they said it, it was probably not kosher of him to take those memos home of his you know his contemporaneous memos of the discussions that he had with trump that were obstructy uh, and he took him home. He took him home and put him in his safe, and then gave him to a friend of his to release to the press. So mm-hmm. he didn't do it directly. Yeah. Uh, and all of that was found to be not criminal. Although, mm-hmm. you know, they were like, "Ah, that's that's abnormal and weird." And 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 Comey's like, "Yeah, this whole fucking thing is abnormal and weird." So I took proper steps that weren't illegal to mm-hmm. ensure the preservation of this evidence yeah uh, and i told my top five or six guys at the at the at the fbi all of now whom don't work for the fbi anymore or have been moved to hr or mm-hmm. uh, discredited in some way except for i think bowditch um so it's just i think this it's just they don't have anything and when they don't have anything they don't want to release it because it's embarrassing mm-hmm. and uh, i think the longer they try to push out this impeachment so that they can sort of find something and release it before the impeachment is over. And that also might be why they're trying to rush rush through impeachment so fast. 
Yeah, absolutely. If I were the Dems, I'd be like, they have nothing. Let's just take our time on this impeachment. Do you, um, and I apologize, I haven't, you're probably going to get to this shortly, but do you think that once these public hearings begin, public testimonies is going to change things? Uh, change what things? I mean, just in terms of like, getting the messages out there from these witnesses just out like having it be played on tv over and over and over absolutely 100 percent. it'll make a difference yeah uh, made a difference in watergate it made a difference in mm-hmm. whitewater and it'll it's make a difference now and yeah it, it made such a difference in, during nixonian times that before the public hearing started nixon's uh, the 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 uh, only nineteen percent of Americans were for impeachment, mm-hmm. and we're already at fifty. That so, is going to move real fast, I think, and I think it only needs to move ten or fifteen points or so in order to get GOP mm-hmm. senators to start falling like dominoes. And also in the news today, Lev Parnas's lawyer has said Rudy Giuliani directed Parnas to issue an ultimatum earlier this year to a representative of the incoming President Zelensky. So that means that this that, that this is what Parnas is saying. So do you take what take it as you will. But that before Zelensky even took the presidency in May, um, Parnas uh, was directed by Giuliani to issue an ultimatum that Zelensky would have to announce an investigation into Biden or the U.S. would freeze aid and Pence would not come to his inauguration. Now, Fruman's lawyer, who just happens to be John Dowd from the law firm of Pardon and Dangle, said that Fruman (laughs) was at that meeting and neither Biden nor Pence's visit came up. So now we have four quos to the quid. We have international trade considerations, a White House meeting, the release of military aid and Pence's presence at Mm -hmm. the Zelensky inauguration. Because we, we remember in the reporting that Trump wasn't going to send Pence. No. And I don't think he ended up doing that. He sent Rick Perry right. and the three amigos and Senator Ron Johnson. Oh, thanks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but Pence did un- end up meeting him in Warsaw later. So and that might have been after they per- perhaps started to agree to something like this. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't um, isn't Zelensky currently cooperating ex- to some extent? Not really. Or is it sort of just... Not that I've heard of. He's he's was mad that that his part of the transcript was released. He he doesn't want any part of it. No, he wants completely out of it. He is stuck between hostage. a rock and a hard place, aka mm-hmm. the United States and Russia. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't. He's like fuck because I have to. You know, I have to fluff the United States so I can get this aid and these javelin uh, missiles and help mm-hmm. to to fight. To fight off the Russians, which is and has been the U.S. foreign policy on Ukraine for the last three decades mm-hmm. since the Cold War yeah. ended, and uh, and and meanwhile, and 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 Bill Taylor even said this in his text messages and in his testimony. His biggest fear was that you know Trump was going to force Zelensky to say these things and still withhold the aid and still not sell the javelins mm-hmm. and still not provide this lethal assistance. That, that wouldn't be good for Putin. Right, because mm-hmm. he would be doing that for Putin, and that he said that was my quote, my worst nightmare, and I would quit, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And that there was a feeling around the State Department that that could actually happen, and that's terrifying, um, yeah. frankly, especially for Zelensky, who's just like, "Hey, man, mm-hmm. I play the piano with my dick, and <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to make a deal with Putin. And can we just, can you just give us the aid, and just, can we just?" Come on, man. You know, it's that's a really the tough... The guy who plays the piano with his dick is caught between two world powers right now. What a time to be alive. I know. I know. That I guy. love it. I mean, I hate it, but it's it's fascinating. I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, sociologically. Right. Wild. 
Uh, also, over the weekend, we learned that Colonel Vindman is being removed from his detail at the National Security Council in an overtly retaliatory move by the Trump administration. Yes, he can choose who he wants on the NSC. Trump can. And yes, this was a detail. But removing him after the release of his deposition is, to me, blatant retaliation which is highly improper at best, illegal at worst, though a senior White House official, and I should say this, has told CNN that Vindman remains on the uh, National Security Council for now and will likely cycle out of his position when it's his scheduled time to leave. And so this also can make sense because when you're detailed to a position, it's for a certain limited amount of time Mm -hmm. and then you're out. Yeah. So, but I mean... I, I, I have no idea about the details of his detail. So <laughs> the detail details. But um, it, 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 it's a bad look. Mm-hmm. The optics here are bad. Uh, yeah. And in government, you don't remove someone from their position after they've filed a complaint, be it whistleblower, EEO, <laughs> deposed testimony in an impeachment inquiry. <laughs> kind of a bad look to do that you just, in any scenario. <laughs> you just don't do that. No. Uh, and I... May or may not know a lot about that. Um, but this is, it's a, again, the optics here aren't good. So uh, also um, today we've got a lot of transcripts released. Um, it's like Christmas. It, it was. It was <laughs> Christmas in, well, it's almost Christmas anyway. <laughs> Early Christmas. So uh, we're going to go over those transcripts right after this message. Hey, y'all, it is my favorite time of the year, so let's talk about the holidays. Uh, Whether it's a Christmas tree or a menorah or a holiday tree or a Festivus pole, whatever you're doing. Uh, If you're like me, you do not want to go through another holiday season taking closed-mouth photos while everyone else is snapping Instagram pics, grinning ear to ear. That's why I'm getting my photo-ready smile now with clear aligners from Candid. Candid's clear aligners work faster than braces. They're removable. They're easy to use. Uh, They can straighten your teeth in six months on average, and that saves you a lot of money. Get started at home uh, or with a free scan at a Candid Studio. Their doctors assess your teeth. Then your aligners are delivered to your door all in one box with premium whitening foam included. Uh, unlike other companies, Candid's doctors are all orthodontists with 20 years of experience on average. And their aligners are comfortable, removable, and completely invisible. And like I said, they cost 65% less than traditional wire braces on average. And with each aligner purchase, here's the great philanthropy part, Candid donates $25 to Smile Train who brings safe, 100% free cleft lip and palate treatment to children around the globe, and I love that. Uh, I'm going to have a photo-ready smile for the holidays. You can, too. Go to candidco.com slash dailybeans and use code dailybeans to get $75 off. That's candidco.com slash dailybeans, code dailybeans for $75 off. candidco.com slash dailybeans, code dailybeans. You'll be glad you did. All right, welcome back. As Trump continues to accuse the Dems... And he did it in a tweet today of doctoring transcripts from closed-door depositions, even though no one's disputed what's in the transcripts. They've all been reviewed by not only the people who gave the depositions, but the the lawyers uh, who represent them. Uh, No one's had any issues. Nothing Uh, redacted? There are some redactions. Mm. um, But, you know, Trump Trump is trying to... There's so few redactions. Trump is trying to say that the the Dems are doctoring them, falsifying these transcripts. Uh, We had three more drop on Monday. We got the transcripts of the Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense, Laura Cooper. They were released, and we have some highlights. So Cooper 
Harper testified she understood the military aid was being withheld from Ukraine until the president made public statements that the 2016 election interference in Burisma were being investigated. Volker told her in a closed-door meeting that we hadn't heard of yet. This is a new meeting. But Volker told her in a closed-door meeting that he was attempting to lift the hold on the aid by having the Ukrainians deliver a public statement uh, that they would launch the investigation sought by President Trump. She also said Volker told her Ukraine was alarmed in August that the aid was being withheld. Cooper testified that a meeting on July 26th, uh, the day after Trump's call with Zelensky, it first became clear to her that the hold on the military aid was related to the president's concerns about corruption and that immediately deputies began to raise concerns about how this could be done in a legal fashion. So she brought mm-hmm. up the legal stuff because she's over on the Pentagon side. Yeah, and these, she knew it wasn't right. And these, yeah, it's not not just that it's illegal to withhold the aid and mm-hmm. extort this country, shake down Ukraine, but it's also illegal to withhold already appropriated funds by Congress. Congress controls the purse. So not, Congress had con- already approved this to happen. Yes. Okay, I feel like I forgot that detail somewhere along the way, that it wasn't just up to Trump that it had already been approved by Congress. Yes, and part of our separation of powers is the executive doesn't have control of the purse. Yeah, it's he's Congress. Not supposed to. He can't. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's beyond. That's a, a violation of the separation of powers clause in the mm-hmm. Constitution of the United States. So, quote, the comments in the room uh, at the deputies level reflected a sense that there was not an understanding of how this could legally play out. And that uh, at, at that meeting, the deputies agreed to look into the legalities and to look at what was possible. Um, so that testimony is in direct conflict with Volcker's testimony that the idea of an exchange for public statement for the release of aid was not on the table ever. And this explains why the GOP are trying to get Volcker. That's why Volcker's on their witness list, because mm-hmm. he's a fucking liar. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I was wondering why they put Volcker on there. Now, after reading this testimony, now, you know. now I know, mm-hmm. because I, she completely debunked Volcker's statement that the exchange for release of aid was not on the table. Uh, we kind of already yet, knew that. Yet, yet another. <laughs> yes. And then we also got a couple other transcripts. We got the depositions from Catherine Croft and Christopher Anderson, two State Department employees. These were also released on Monday. Both have testified that the Ukrainians knew about the withholding of military aid well before Trump says they found out about it at the end of August. That's Trump's assertion, is that they did, Ukraine didn't know till the end of August, so there can't be a quid pro quo if they don't know. Uh, that sounds like a <laughs> no quid pro quo if he didn't know. That sounds like a OJ defense. <laughs> <laughs> and another inter- loved and fit. <laughs> yeah, loved and double fit. You must have quit. Uh, no quid pro quo if you didn't know. And another interesting point from Catherine Croft's testimony is that she asserts in late 2017, Mick Mulvaney, then OMB director, Office of Man- Management and Budget, mm-hmm. and now acting chief of staff, actually put on hold the ability for the U.S. to give javelins, sell javelins to Ukraine. Trump has always criticized Obama for not giving Ukraine a javelins, but now we're learning Mulvaney put a hold on them, probably in, in beans here, in exchange for stopping the exchange of information between Ukraine and Mueller with regards to Manafort and the Black Ledger stuff. Oh. So remember the timeline we knew about in reporting from David Ignatius and what mm-hmm. Maddow went over recently on her show. If mm-hmm. Mulvaney withheld the javelins in 2017, then Giuliani visits President Poroshenko, who was the president of Ukraine at the time, mm-hmm. within a week of the Manafort investigations being dropped, four of them, Poroshenko gets a coveted White House meeting and the javelins are released. That's what prompted the Dem congressman, Rep. Jerry Connolly, to say after he came out of a deposition hearing, quote, if I were an enterprising reporter, I would spend a little time on the issue of uh, javelin missiles. Well, Crofts, we reported this way back in May of 2018, but Crofts' testimony seems to clarify that uh, that this first instance of bribery um, 
happened. And this is Croft's I've testimony. Been quid pro quoing for a while. Yes, this was the uh, <laughs> Maddo called it the dry run, or you could call it quid pro quo number one, or you could call it yeah the first bribe. Damn. <laughs> we we'll have to come up with movie titles in a world. <laughs> <laughs> in a world where Trump is still the president. <laughs> ah, we wake up and vomit. Um, Every day. <laughs> and so uh, this is kind of a sad story here. The man who played a huge supporting role to the White Helmets, which is a civilian-led emergency response group in Syria, was found dead inside close to his home uh, in Istanbul. What's even more suspect is that the death came just a couple days following the Russian foreign ministry accusing him of being a spy. And on top of that, it looks like he may have died by falling out of his balcony, which is some sick trademark of murder perpetrated usually by Putin sympathizers or Putin. Uh, He was um, the founder and director of the May Day Rescue Organization that trained the White Helmets. The group has been uh, supported by the UN for years, which means that Russian views them as a terrorist linked group. And that's their stance on the White Helmets. So... Again, it's really sad. yeah, found falling accidentally, of course, falling out of his balcony. Um, when you're at odds with Putin, you your your chances of accidentally falling out of a balcony increase significantly. It's really, um, it's really disturbing when you look at the number of deaths of activists, you know, under the hands of authoritarian regimes around the world. You know, for some reason, I don't. I think it was because I was watching some climate change content earlier. If you guys also suffer from climate grief, uh, tweet at me. <laughs> but anyway, I was thinking about recently when I believe it was um, a climate activist in Brazil who was trying to protect the rainforest suffered a mysterious death at the hands of someone connected to Bolsonaro. Mm. And I was like, these things happen all the time. Yeah, you know, and it's fucking tragic. And I and we have to fucking fight to hold on to the freedoms we still have here, like tooth and nail. Yeah, and the, and that's it, it's proven out. It's bore out in so many ways. Like we don't mm-hmm. even understand the the depths to mm-hmm. which Russia can interfere in mm-hmm. someone's election and and so discord and chaos. Absolutely. And Ukraine's looking at us like, brah, because <laughs> they, they they've we been knew. fighting this for decades, mm-hmm. and and uh, and so, and so to. It's just, I think, I feel like we live sort of in this, you know, in, of course, in California, we live in our bubble. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and maybe they have their bubble down at LSU or whatever. Uh, but I think the United States as a whole lives in a bubble and is protected from some of these things that go on in these dictatorial countries mm-hmm. uh, where where it it just seems like only half of us or maybe even a third of us are upset that Trump even pals around with mm-hmm. Erdogan, uh, um, Kim Jong-un, mm-hmm. uh, Duterte, these dictators, um, mm-hmm. the the guy, the hungry guy, not hungry, like food, but the hungry, the country. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also um, yeah, Erdogan, who ousted um, a lot of uh uh, you know, journalists and mm-hmm. educators and, MBS, and liberals. Yeah. NBZ. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, from his country when he took power. Yeah, it's true. It's these true. These murderous fucking dictators mm-hmm. who will kill uh, their brothers, you know, uh, and I mean like their nuclear family brothers and, mm-hmm. and family members to because of power, you know, crown royal intrigue and, and traitors to the crown and all that shit. And, and it, for, it's just, it just seems like as a whole, we just either we don't understand or we don't care to understand it. I don't mean us, obviously, right? Uh, or are you guys listening? We're we're plugged and we're engaged. We're very aware of this. <clears throat> I just feel as the country as a whole, and I think that that apathy and that unwillingness to to see that or being protected from it 
you know, by a m- mega corporations who just want us to keep buying things and be happy. Uh, I think that that had a hand in uh, the 2016 election as well, that apathy. Um, but I don't think it's going to happen this time. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I have, honestly, like, it's funny because people say this to me sometimes, like having non-American family members, they're like, is it really bad down there? And I'm like, I just have this like sense of hope still. Like there, I mean, granted, I know I'm in Southern California and I'm in a bubble and I have a lot of friends who think similarly to me and, you know, and I do the show and, but I, I have this sense of hope that like, that you're going to steer the ship back in the right direction. Well, Mueller has said, um, uh, you can never convince me that pessimism is better than optimism. Totally. Uh, or something like that. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing. Um, and I do agree with that. And I do, I have watched, not personally, but have read uh, of our judicial system mm-hmm. holding in these times of crises. Totally. Or crisis. And, and so I do have hope and faith in that. Mm-hmm. And I also did act, I was listening when Obama spoke. Um, and I, that is the stance that I do take. Sometimes I'm let down, but I was like this before I was massively into politics. Mm -hmm. I always trusted everyone, gave everyone the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes I would get walked on. Sometimes I'd get my heart broken, Mm -hmm. but I'd rather be that optimist, starry eyed, uh, full of wonder, curious, optimism, creator who is hurt every now and again Mm -hmm. than to be completely cynical and, um, you know, well, we're fucked. Everything's fucked. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm just, I can't, I don't operate that way. And I'm not saying that that's a better way to operate or a worse way to operate. And also the thing is you're allowed to be a relentless optimist in your life while still acknowledging all the shit that is fucked. And that's I think true. that's hard for a lot of people to understand. It's like people are like, how can you be so optimistic about things when this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong? And it's like, dude, I know. And I also know I'm also a fucking nihilist. No lives matter. We're all going to die. Yeah. And this is so insignificant on the larger scale of the universe. Totally. I, I get that, too. But like, and you know, like, right here, right now. Absolutely. This is huge and important. And I, have, I have like, a lot of hope. Admittedly, like look like layers of privilege, which like protect us from certain things other people might be experiencing right now under the Trump administration, like the color of our skin, the passports that we have, you know, like, 100% the health care that I have. Absolutely. The, so, that, I don't, that I have reproductive mm-hmm, privilege exactly. because I, I don't have to worry about that anymore. You There's know. a lot of things which like ha- are helping us to stay optimistic throughout this time. And I can imagine it's a lot harder, you know, if you don't have certain things of those. But like, I hope that by listening, you guys find your kernel of optimism because it and helps that's how, me a lot. And that's how we need to um, lift each other up and be there for each other. Yeah. I think is, is important in that sense because you're right. Not everybody is uh, ha- is in a position to be able to be optimistic. Exactly. But like, but all we can hope is that by like, you know, presenting the news in such a way and keeping everyone laughing to some extent, it gives you a kernel of optimism. <laughs> that's for me. Yes, uh, <laughs> I, I agree. And, I, you know, I... I I see exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So thank you for bringing yeah. up that point as well. Uh, let's see what else. Talking about uh, privilege here. Former UN ambassador Nikki Haley, uh, you may have heard, wrote a new book, and it says in it that Rex Tillerson and John Kelly basically tried to make the case to her for why resisting Trump is important. Haley says, quote, Kelly and Tillerson confided in me that when they resisted the president, they weren't being insubordinate. They were trying to save the country. Tillerson went on to tell me the reason he resisted the president's decision was because if he didn't, people would die. Uh, and Trump actually endorsed this book, and that's funny because she's basically saying if Tillerson and, and Kelly didn't do what they did, people would have died. And, and I'm sure in some cases they did. It's just it 
it's just a really interesting sort of I, I got in some arguments today about um, with some Trump supporters mm-hmm. about Vindman and they're arguing that Vindman was insubordinate to the president and should be tried for treason and put to death. And I tried to explain that you do not have to follow an unlawful order. So if Kelly and Tillerson, who are also douchewads, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to call anybody a hero, mm-hmm. but if they're trying to resist the president, it's, you know, and telling Nikki Haley, help us, come with us. It's not insubordination. It's not, it's refusing to obey a, a, an unlawful order. Mm-hmm. People are going to die. Like, that's how bad this is. And I don't understand how the 25th Amendment it hasn't even come into play yet. But uh, Nikki Haley says, instead of saying that to me, Kelly and Tillerson should have been saying that to the president, not asking me to join them on their sidebar plan. It should have been go tell the president what your differences are and quit if you don't like what he's doing. But to undermine a president is really a very dangerous thing. And it goes against the Constitution and it goes against why the American people it goes against what the American people want. And it was offensive. So she's she's basically saying that America elected this president. So whatever he wants to do, everyone should follow blindly. And that is a, a that's the dumbest thing. That's a really shitty line of thinking. And also, like, to that end, a lot of shitty things throughout history have been legal. Yes. You know, like it was once legal to own a person. It was once legal, you know, like a lot of so much of what has been done throughout history against people has have been has been legal at the time. Right. Like that doesn't mean shit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And and I can't remember, you know, who said it, but patriotism is not blindly following a president. It's it's it's. Sticking up for your country. It's sticking up for your country. Yeah. And of the rights of people's human rights. Sticking up for your country it, and sticking it, up for the rights of people. Honestly, Nikki, mm-hmm. <clears throat> darling. <laughs> Nikki. If you, you know, if that were the case, if it said in the Constitution, you just have to say whatever ever the president says, there wouldn't be any checks and balances. We wouldn't need, we would be a dictatorship. We would be a monarchy. We would be mm-hmm. an oligarch. We, we wouldn't have to put in protections and impeachment clauses and things to, to limit the executive power and have checks and balances on it. Be, the reason they did that is because they said there could be an asshole in here one day that's going to fuck shit up. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. I don't think it said that directly in the Federalist Papers, but that's why all that shit was written in, Nikki. Someday there will be an asshole in the White House. <laughs> <laughs> that's what their yeah. main concern and their totally. main worry was. Yeah, I mean, what, the was... impeachment articles were written for what Trump did mm-hmm. to Ukraine precisely bribery high crimes and misdemeanors mm-hmm. when you are seeking you know when you're colluding with a foreign country to dig up dirt for personal gain bribery extortion yeah. it's written right the fuck there and if Nikki Nikki's basically saying nah bro you got to do whatever the president says because the American people elected him so you got to do it that's just dumb it's funny. I wonder, it's, as I've seen more of Trump's own appointees and Trump, the people that Trump has hired turn against him, I have to wonder what the vetting process was for these people. Like, like to, how did they have the conversation about their level of loyalty to the president? How did they have the conversation about their level of approval for his uh, agenda? Do you know what I mean? There is no vetting process. Um, Trump has even said that. I don't have a vetting process. The, the press does it for me. Uh, he's appointed many people who have either had to turn down the job, withdraw or resigned or been investigated or I mean, pretty much every single cabinet members had to leave because he doesn't vet anyone. I'm talking I feel you on that, but I'm talking specifically about what do you think his process is in terms of finding out if someone's going to be behind him? Oh, he asks. Right. And we have evidence from that from the loyalty ask dinner with Comey. Right. When Comey went to the White House and he's trying to figure out if he's going to have him be the FBI director still. Mm -hmm. And he's like, so, you know, 
uh, let's do yeah, yeah, yeah. you want. I, you know, I have to ask you for loyalty. And, and, and Comey says, I'll always be honest with you. And he goes, that's what I want. Honest loyalty. And, right. and, and you know, and so the, the loyalty ask is there's so many documented times of it. And he also has people sign non-disclosure agreements. Apparently, um, Rex Tillerson didn't want the job. And his wife convinced him to take it because he she was like, it's prestigious. You have to take it. Secretary of State. But apparently he wasn't like totally gung ho about taking the job with Trump. Neither was Bill Taylor. Uh, yeah, neither exactly. was. Yeah, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And there have been a lot of people who turned him down like, nah, cool, cool, bra. Yeah. I don't want that job. Thank you. Yeah, there's a it's it's crazy too the number of his high level officials who are like, oh, I learned about that on the news or I saw that in a tweet. Like they're not actually communicating with him on a regular no. basis. No. Yeah. Definitely not. Uh, the mind boggles. <laughs> <laughs> it is baffling. I never thought I would be on the side of Rex Tillerson. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like, you know, enamored with the former ExxonMobil CEO. But like, it is crazy. Like, it's there's a video. Oh, he of- was installed by Putin. Rex? Yeah. Yeah. And he he was still like, nah, you guys. Yeah. Take it to like, another level. He's like, even for me. Yeah. Even for me. This even for me. Much. And I'm even a, for an oil executive. Yeah, I'm a bad dude, but y'all are bad dudes. <laughs> it's too much for me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We've got some news from across the pond. Your favorite, your hero, Woo-hoo. Boris Johnson. We'll be right back. Hey, listeners, this Helping of the Daily Beans is brought to you by Ancestry. Ever wonder if the family lore about being of Cherokee and Scottish descent is really accurate? Well, you can discover more about your family tree and learn about your true story by combining the Ancestry DNA test with the billions of historical family records on Ancestry.com. My test told me I'm not at all Irish, despite having thought I was all Irish growing up. But seriously, Ancestry DNA gives you so much more than just the places you're from. It connects you to places in the world your story started and uses geographic detail and historical insights that allow you to trace your ancestors' journeys over time. You can start a free trial on Ancestry and build a tree, and they've combined the DNA results with over 100 million family trees and billions of records to give even more insight into your genealogy and your origins. Only Ancestry can tell such a rich story, and it's so easy to get started. Just go to Ancestry.com dailybeans today for 20% off your Ancestry DNA kit. That's Ancestry.com dailybeans for 20% off your Ancestry DNA kit. What a great gift it would make for the holidays. Again, that's Ancestry.com dailybeans. You'll be glad you did. All right. Welcome back. Big news, as I said, from across the pond. As Amanda has explained, there's an election scheduled in December, and it seems to be boiling down between one of two choices, the Conservative Party and a hard Brexit or the Labor Party and a new referendum. But Sunday, is, is that right? Um, yeah. A few listeners have actually come back and said that's it does, it's not quite as simple as that. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to that. But that is essentially my understanding, although some of our listeners have said it's not quite as cut and dry as that. Nothing is always as simple as yeah. that. Um, but those are two of the big choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sunday, we got reporting from Business Insider that Boris Johnson's conservative party has received donations from nine Russian donors with links to the Kremlin, according to an official report which has been suppressed by Boris Johnson himself. Johnson chose to block the report amid fears it could cause him or cost him the upcoming election. But in details from the report, Johnson's conservative party has ties to London-based Russian oligarchs with a surge of donations from the Russians and the conservative to the conservative party over the past year. Among the donors uh, named in this report are Alexander Tamerko, who worked for the Russian Defense Ministry, Lubov Chernukin, who was married to Vladimir Chernukin, a former Putin ally, and Alexander Lebedev, the owner of a bunch of media outlets, whose son is a friend of Boris Johnson. Fears have previously been raised that these associations make Boris Johnson a security risk due to the possibility he could be blackmailed by Russia. Golly, that sounds familiar. 
Um, this is exactly what was happening with, uh, with, for example, Flynn and, and Trump himself and why the counterintelligence investigation was going on in the first place. It's because people were worried that because, like, for example, because Flynn lied to the FBI and Russia knew it, then they have something they can hold over his head. And mm-hmm. that's why he had to be removed from uh, his national security advisor yeah. or uh, director of national intelligence. And so that that's what seems to be. And, and then, of course, Trump himself, uh, you know, b- him, has been traveling to Russia forever. And then he's probably gotten loans co-signed from Russia. Deutsche Bank conveniently lost those papers. <laughs> but, um, he, you know, they've got a folder on, on Trump. Do, the Inquirer had a folder on Trump. Do you think fucking Kremlin didn't? I honestly think you could find out something illegal about Trump if you sat next to him at a bar for an hour. Really? Exactly. <laughs> like, so if you don't think the KGB had some shit on Trump, uh, you're, you're silly. But that is what they think is happening with Boris Johnson. He is now uh, compromised because uh, his party has accepted donations from Kremlin-linked Russian-backed oligarchs that are London-based. And th- this report hasn't been released yet. Johnson's yeah. still trying to surprise it, but it's some, some some of it leaked. Well, I mean, here's the thing. This doesn't surprise me, shockingly. I mean, the level of wealth in London is truly insane. And having lived there for a long time, I can tell you that there is a very large concentration of Russian Russian wealth there. And it is not going to serve their interests if there is a more left-wing government there. Of course not. At all. And so it's like, it is, It is. I mean, for a lot of reasons, but first and foremost, the protection of these fucking Russian billionaires who are all based there. And also, quite frankly, look at Boris Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> are you surprised? But this is also bigger than that, because yeah. we've been reporting on Mueller, she wrote, since yeah. days gone by, yeah. that Cambridge Analytica, yeah. Alexander Nix, Aaron Banks, um, you know, we've not had shocked. Peter Jukes on this, all ties to Bannon mm-hmm. and uh, the Mercers who were funding Breitbart all this money that they dumped into Brexit Mm -hmm. and for disinformation. Yeah, So that they could leave the EU because what does Putin want? A destabilized European Union, destabilized NATO. And so that this, he's, he's over there clapping it up, having a great time. Meanwhile, we've got, you know, this, and of course that's why Boris is, this isn't in a good look for him. Mm -hmm. I don't know how illegal it is for y'all to accept I mean, if these are London, if these are London citizens that yeah. happen to have Kremlin ties, mm-hmm. um, but if they're laundering Russian money into the you know mm-hmm. London elections, I don't know how illegal that is. It's it's really illegal here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I haven't read this story, so I don't know the specifics. And I and it's and I there are different campaign finance laws. So if you guys have perspective on that, you know, tweet at us. Um, but. It my guess is it's illegal. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. But my but whether. I mean, but, but, but let me be clear though. Yeah. It's not illegal for like we have some U.S. residents mm-hmm. that are former Russian emigres that mm-hmm. work to work for Kremlin interests that donate large sums of money to Republican PACs mm-hmm. like Vexelberg and Blavatnik, yeah. and they legally can donate their own money mm-hmm. to those PACs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's when they funnel foreign money in that that's the problem. Totally, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure that is completely illegal. But like, whether or not it's their own money for people who happen to live there is a different story. But what you're saying about this being like a long-standing issue, I mean, I haven't. There's been, you know, the people who wanted Trump to be elected were all. You're right, all in a similar ring of people who wanted Brexit to happen, and. I keep thinking back to the some summer. Some people of, think Brexit was a practice round. 
Yeah, more or less. I mean, the amount of disinformation that was spread during Brexit was so shocking. I remember the summer of 2016 before the Brexit vote happened, and I was actually still living um, in London. And I remember seeing Boris Johnson imposing. He did a tour of the country, and he was a huge um, he was a huge proponent of leave, which is which was quite shocking to me at the time because he had been mayor of London, which is an international, global, world city that felt very European as opposed to. So it was shocking to me that the mayor of London was doing this, given how globalist he had previously seemed and so i'd wondered what had changed so quickly and yeah. he was doing a tour of the country that had a totally it had a had a saying on the side of the bus which was something that sold a lot of people on brexit which was like if we leave the eu you know that's now, now going to be 650 million dollars a week that we can pump back into our healthcare system yep so it was just lie 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 i do i remember that mm-hmm. uh, i remember the disinformation campaign mm-hmm. and a lot of it was orchestrated by um, the Conservative Party, the mm-hmm. Tories, the Leave Party, uh, which came from Cambridge Analytica, yep. and mm-hmm. which is backed by Russian money, and Steve yeah. Bannon was involved. It was the same and of social course, media warfare that happened over here. And of course, the whole Manafort, Ukraine, Yanukovych thing mm-hmm. was the staging, um, the staging area for it all. That was the, that was the practice round, and then dress rehearsal was Brexit, and then mm-hmm. grand finale, United States, and and wh- where do you go from there? You know, those that's the big prize, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. destabilized Eurozone and the destabilized United States is like fucking Christmas for Putin. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> no, Get my face on the saying. mic. Fucking Christmas bomb. Fucking cri- yeah. <sighs> <laughs> um, what else is going on today? Trump was in New York City for a Veterans Day parade. Fuck you. Does anyone boo him? Bone spurs. Oh yeah, they got chants. Whistleblowers were blowing whistles. Why do I enjoy that? Why I'm like, did anyone boo him? Tell me slowly. Uh, it's good. It's, good. it's a nice <laughs> little Schadenfreude. We have a different Schadenfreude today, but it it is pretty. It it, it feels good to to feel like you're not alone. Mm-hmm. I remember when I came out with my story of being raped in the military, and I felt alone and crazy, and everyone made me feel like I was insane, mm-hmm. and that I was, you know, just a, a crazy person. Not being believed is really isolating. It is, and then when I saw the film and I saw a montage of women just like me and men saying the exact same things that they had said that you know they said to me when I tried to report all of the things like were you drunk were you drinking what were you wearing were you in a fight with your boyfriend da, da, da. like all oh, we can file you're, you know we're going to charge you with a filing a false report if you do that you lose your school you lose your rate you lose your rank you lose your benefits you don't get health care mm-hmm. you don't get your GI bill and you get a dishonorable discharge and to see a whole bunch of different people say that exact same thing happened, I was like, oh, God, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Yeah. So when we see people booing and chanting Trump in like big, massive ways, it's just it's it, it's uplifting mentally and spiritually because we aren't alone. We don't yep. feel crazy for being gaslit for so many years by this administration. So I think that's probably that feeling uh, that you're <laughs> Thank feeling. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. <laughs> Not a problem. Sometimes I'm like, is it like like it, sometimes my own internal compass goes, is it wrong to be excited for someone getting booed? No, no. it's because no, 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 no. okay. we care and we're, we're empathetic mm-hmm. and we're sympathetic and we're not dickheads. But when you've been gaslit for so long mm-hmm. and somebody else is like with you and then a lot of people are with you and it's happened to the, those same people, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you know, 100%. 100% different and wonderful. And that is why we love you guys so much. Uh, y'all should say y'all. Uh, but and here's a weird thing. Trump uh, strategically placed garbage trucks around so that he couldn't hear booing and, and would disrupt like large amounts of people from gathering and protesting. But they still did. 
Um, and he said some frightening shit during that uh, speech. Did you see that little video going around? He's like, you could shoot me, but you'd have to kill all of us. And no one clapped, and he went, or something. And then some people sort of clapped, and then he stepped away from the mic like, yeah. It was just fucking creepy. He's insane. Um, oh, God. What else is going on? Gates is going to be sentenced to the, the prosecutor's... Jordan's boyfriend. Yeah. Nope. That's Nunes. Oh, sorry. Uh, this is <laughs> Gates. Uh, the prosecutors filed <laughs> finally after three or two, whatever. It's been so long. Uh, they're like, all right, December, mid-December, we're going to, we're, we're ready to go to sentence Rick Gates. Rick Gates has cooperated extensively with the Mueller investigation. I doubt he'll get it. Oh, I thought you were talking about Matt Gates. No, no. Rick okay. Gates. Okay. Okay. Uh, Manafort's deputy. I doubt he'll get time if if he gets any it'll be very short mm-hmm. uh i because his the extensiveness of his cooperation he is expected. Huffman sentence yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 <The> papadopoulos <laughs> stint luxury <laughs> prison resort <laughs> felicities <laughs> yes i sentence you to two felicity huffmans um <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is so mean. But like, I was I was with the grocery store earlier, and you know those like crappy tabloid magazines they have at the front, like before you pay. It was it had Lori Laughlin on the cover, and it was like goes to prison for five years, and just picking like the worst possible pictures. I'm like, I know this is a fucking media circus distraction bullshit, but I bet you she's gonna get two weeks too. Five years. So that's what the some tabloid said. Oh, she could serve up to five. She's not gonna get five. No, years. she's gonna go to prison for like three weeks. Yeah. Well, how long did Felicity go for? Two weeks. No, yeah. ten days. Ten days, and then probation. She had to, uh-huh. bit, like, she had to. I don't know, pick up garbage. <laughs> Dude, wouldn't it be great driving down the four hundred five, see fucking Felicity Huffman in an orange suit, picking up garbage on the side of the road? That I one hundred percent guarantee she doesn't have to do that. Okay. Tries to gets to work in a library or something. Yeah, but yeah, two Felicity Huffmans and a mooch, maybe. Yeah. That's that's how long. Totally. That you know what that is what I think it'll be. It'll be twenty <laughs> days Huffman's and a mooch. mooch. That's thirty one days. I think yeah. I think Rick Gates could get a month in prison. Okay, two Felicity Huffman's and a mooch. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the beans. Uh, so we'll find out what he's going to be sentenced to. Um, we still don't know what's going on in the Flynn case. They're trying to you know we already know they're trying to do all that crazy stuff. We'll give you major updates on on Flynn and stuff when when we do. Mm-hmm. Mueller she wrote this weekend uh, next weekend I should say so. Uh, that is pretty much the news. So uh, how about a little schadenfreude to leave you uh, on this beautiful day? Sounds good. Schadenfreude. A federal court judge who was appointed by Trump ruled against him today. The ruling came out after another court case in which Trump is trying to not release his tax returns. The judge today, Monday, said that Trump cannot sue New York state officials in in a case out of the District of Columbia. So basically, as CNN reports, he can either start up the case again in New York state or he can wait until Congress actually asks New York for them. So Trump is batting zero on his tax cases, meaning he's lost every single one. So this was a preemptive lawsuit. Okay, so if you remember like last year or something, or maybe it was uh, mid this year, Mm -hmm. New York passed a law that said state tax returns can also be released to the House Ways and Means Committee, New York State Tax Returns. Yes. Um, and they were doing that because the House Ways and Means Committee was trying to get the tax returns from the IRS and the Treasury Department. And so Steve at the Treasury Department and and Charles Reddick and, and his other buddy, Trump's buddies, who sell Trump real estate or ha- own Trump condos who work at the IRS, refused to hand Eat over. Trump steaks, use Trump toilet paper, kiss Trump's ass. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they sleep and dream about Trump every night. Mm, Trump. Uh, they refused to hand over his federal tax returns. So New York State passed this law saying, okay, well, the, we can hand over the state tax returns because they used to be able to hand them over, but no, they they amended it to say they could hand them over to the House the House Ways and Means Committee. If subpoenaed. Yeah, the United States House Ways and Means mm-hmm. Committee, too, if subpoenaed. And 
Ricky Neal didn't subpoena them. Mm-hmm. Um, Dick, Dick Neal, Richard Neal, <laughs> didn't subpoena the tax returns from New York State. He's like, look, I need the federal tax returns because I'm busy trying to assess whether the federal you know, presidential tax audit program is functioning properly mm-hmm. because we got an IRS whistleblower complaint that said it's not and the Treasury is trying to interfere. Mm-hmm. Somebody high up at the Treasury, 100% it's Steve Mnuchin, is, is trying yeah. to interfere with that audit process on the president's tax returns. Mm-hmm. And so... I could ask for the state returns and and be legal about it, but in order to maintain an optics view, like a a legit thing of of just, you know, I am not doing this for political reasons, I am doing it for legislative purposes, which he doesn't have to prove to get the tax returns, he just wants... I don't know. He's just putting that extra layer of, uh, you know, a, a properness in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's saying, I, I need the federal tax returns. And he never did it. But Trump preemptively sued uh, New York uh, saying, what was it, New York? Um, Trump can't sue New York state officials. Yeah. He, he, he tried to sue them to preemptively block. And the judge is like, no, you can't do that out of D.C. That's federal Two. This is New York three. How about you wait until they subpoena them to actually file a lawsuit? So that's where we're at. And he lost. And this was a Trump appointee that dismissed it. Like how many legal deadlines and how many like lawsuit deadlines and how much legal bullshit must Trump's lawyers have on their Google calendar? How the fuck do you keep track of it? How do you wake up in the morning and like know how to prioritize which of Trump's legal battles to handle? They They listen to Mueller. She wrote in Daily Beans pod. Probably true. Um, my other question is, related to the tax returns, um, whatever happened, and I don't know if you know this, didn't California pass a law that you had to release your tax returns to run in the primaries here? Yes, we did pass that law, and he is suing Okay, to stop us from doing so that. So currently, that's still, ha- that's still happening. Yep. But he's going to hope that it doesn't. He is trying to bro- he's trying to block it. Okay. Huh. But we don't have a final ruling in that. There's no final ruling on that In yet. that case, yeah. And, okay. and when we're not far from... The California primary. No, when is that? I think it's March. Damn. Super Tuesday. Mm. Kobe loses. Is that when it is? I'm going to look that up just yeah, so, I, so, I, so I make sure that I'm not giving out wrong information. Because we're going a lot earlier this time, which I actually think could be powerful. Yeah, Tuesday, March 3rd. March 3rd. That's not really, honestly, that far away. No. Holy shit. I hope this impeachment moves quickly. Oh, my God. Primaries are in March. Yeah, dude. What an insane few months this is going to be. Yeah, this oh, whole year from here God. on out. It's it's nuts. I knew the minute that Nadler filed that for that Mueller grand jury material under Article 1 impeachment that that from that day forward until election 2020, it, it's just going to be fucking nuts. An insane shit show. So if you know anyone who needs, like, who's looking for a consolidated, collated, um, fun-loving, optimistic, also sweary news program to keep up on everything that's going to be happening between now and the election, send them our way. Um, Mm -hmm. We would be happy to continue to do that. We got you. For you and for anyone else who's looking for that kind of of news, because it's going to be a lot. Uh, I think we've gotten pretty good at deciding what is news that matters to mm-hmm. to y'all and so any like-minded people you can think of in you know coming up because it's going to be a locomotive and god uh, i am here to that gave me some perspective i am here to be a cow catcher i feel like for the last few months <laughs> that's the thing on the front of the locomotive <laughs> cow catcher that gently nudges cows off the track <laughs> poor cows they get, it's better than you know yeah, better than, dying. than not um i'm a little bit in shock because i feel like for the last few months like 
especially I think like I don't know time under Trump is a whole other conversation like how time passes but ever since this official impeachment inquiry was launched it's been moving so quickly and I think I've just been putting one foot in front of the other trying to keep up with the news and I knew the primaries were coming up quickly but the perspective of how soon they, they really are coming up and also looking at the impeachment like track trajectory is just like making my head spin it's a lot holy shit and um, the the thing I was talking about when Nadler, on behalf of the House Judiciary, filed the first time invoking Article One impeachment powers yeah. for the grand jury materials in the Mueller investigation, that was July 27th. Yeah. Shit. That's not even four months ago. No. It's been that long. That's when we were in Chicago. With uh, Renato Mariotti. Mm. Check out his podcast on topic yeah. if you don't, if you haven't. It's amazing. Um, all right, that's all I have. Do you have any final thoughts today? No final. I guess actually, yeah. My final thought, given I just realized how fucking soon our votes are, who who even knows who'll we'll be voting for at this point? But uh, yeah, if, if you go, you know, uh, make sure you're registered to vote. Yes, do that now. Yeah, super important. Keep saying it, but gotta keep reminding you. If you're like, oh yeah, I mean to do that. Set a reminder in your phone. Um, register for sometime this week when Mm -hmm. you have a free hour Mm -hmm. to have a cup of coffee open up your breathe app Mm -hmm. breathe a second because we have to do that so important and then find out if you're registered to vote it's Mm -hmm. usually just an easy quick online check um and there are a lot of places that can help you do that too. and also check the rules and regulations around primary voting in your state because it differs everywhere yes for example uh you know some some states you can't vote in the democratic primary Mm -hmm. if you aren't registered democrat um uh, sometimes you can sometimes it's open primaries sometimes you know there's Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different rules and and dates where in order the primary is different than the general and and totally so do yourself that favor uh, and, and make sure that you are good to go because voters are being purged from rolls all over the place. Oh, yeah. And it's just that the, they will stop at nothing. The tricks, that the dirty tricks that they are willing to engage in mm-hmm. to keep you from voting is, I think it's more than a lot of people realize. And so, you know, make sure. Yeah. If you are able to vote and, you know, if that's a possibility for you. And also, I don't know, I, I guess we don't talk about this very often. It doesn't affect the communities we come from quite as much. But like, if you are so, for some reason unable to vote, um, I'm sorry. And um, I hope that people around you do do that, do that for you. Yeah, maybe talk to some of your friends who you know can vote mm-hmm. and, and explain to them why it's so important mm-hmm. that they vote and don't write in a a third party candidate or sit it yeah. out. Like you said, there are people who would fucking like they would give, give their left would... arm to vote. And yeah, s- exactly. And definitely. You know, if you're one of those people who are unable to, un- unable to vote, let, let people know, be like, Hey, if I could vote, I would. Mm-hmm. Um, so please don't sit this one out mm-hmm. and please then explain them to how, you know, how a binary system works. <laughs> and it's one <laughs> or the other in this country after we, after we elect, mm-hmm. after we nominate our nominee, mm-hmm. Um, it's it's one or the other. Mm-hmm. There is no third party that's going to win. There totally. is no philosophical vote that's going to make a difference in anyone li- anyone's lives except how you personally feel about yourself. There's none of that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, I love that idea. If you're if you're not able to vote for whatever reason, there's a whole myriad of reasons people so can't many. vote. Yeah. Um, I I have some friends who can't vote because they uh, were caught with marijuana. Yep. 
Uh, That's exactly. I mean, look, it's, you know, obviously people like me who are immigrants can't vote, but I'm not, I'm talking also about people who were born here. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people who can't vote because their power has been so taken away from one reason or another. you can't vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think that we're going to have an issue in California, but, you know, if you're somewhere where you're in a swing state or a red district and you have some friends who might be, you know, either Trump voters or such a diehard Democrat supporter, like supporter of a specific Democratic candidate that they won't vote for anyone else. They're going to sit at home if if they don't win. Tell them like, hey, for me, do it for me. Would you do it for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, because totally. I can't. And I'm and and the people who can't vote are generally the most disenfranchised by this administration. Absolutely, uh, especially the people, not just the people who can't vote, but the who, who, the people who they make it hard for them to vote. Mm-hmm. So, thank you. That's yeah. a great final thought. Yeah, and, thank uh, you so much. Hope you guys register to vote. I can't vote, but I really like living here. So, please vote. Thank you. Yeah. All right, and that is the show. Please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. I mean that. Uh, I've been AG. I've been Mandy Reader. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by AG and Jordan Coburn, and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reader. Fact checking and research by AG, Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reader. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reader with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>